0: Betch's Media presents...
1: I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio.
0: Diet starts tomorrow.
1: Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. I want to quit With the, the gym. gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands.
0: With hosts, Aileen Cooperman...
1: Joey doesn't share And Sammy
0: Fishbein.
1: Whatever, I'm getting cheese fries.
2: Hello, and welcome back to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Sammy. I'm Aileen. And we're back... And we're tired. And we're tired. We're very <laughs> yeah. tired. Just a warning. Um, so, just to get us into this episode, we've been talking so much lately about our feelings and thoughts on you know some really heavy topics, from protests to racism to corona to the fact that we're still quarantined due to a pandemic. Um, that we are entering phase two in NYC on Monday. Um, but before that, we thought we'd take some time this week to read over some of your emails and listener stories to give you guys a chance to share your own thoughts and feelings with the DST community. Um, we just want to take this episode as a time to listen and learn more, more listening and learning. That's, you know, the theme of 2020. So we wanted to offer up this episode as a platform to all of you. So, hi, Eileen.
3: Hi, Sammy. So, so you're tired? I'm tired. I'm tired. I didn't. I didn't get enough sleep last night. I also think I like had a diet coke too late, so it was keeping me up. <laughs> <laughs> All that caffeine you know, substance,
2: yeah. Um, yeah. If so I really, like, didn't sleep. It's just like I'm tired. I'm just yeah. My eyes could always be closed. Right. It's that kind of feeling. It's like mid year. Yeah. I've
3: been like really aware. It just feels like holy shit. We've been away from our office for so long. And then I like think about the time, like the day when we decided that like we're closing, right? And you just think about that day versus today and you're like you're like that day you're just like, "Oh, I can't have imagined being like we're not going to close for that long." And then you're like, "Oh my god, well- three months later.
2: (laughs) Well, I remember like the the last time we were in our office, I didn't know it was my last day in our office. And it was the day before I went to Colorado. And I remember we were all having a meeting with like Shira talking about like, what are we going to do if Corona becomes an issue? And I remember being like, I remember being like pissed that we were having that meeting. And I'm like, can't we just like not close? Like, why are we all making a big deal? Even though I was Mm -hmm. like, also trying to find masks anywhere I could online. Yeah. Um, but I thought like, oh, maybe it won't really be a big deal. And then literally within like... It became the, the a big fact, deal. It like switched in a minute the following week. But it... Yeah. But that's that's what I mean. It's just like weird to think back of your...
3: Because it was such a moment you can like feel your body, like you can feel your mind, like you can transport yourself into that moment and you can say like, oh, I can't imagine, like, okay, we'll be closed for a little, you know, this will, it's a little bit unknown, but then now it's definitively like it has been closed and you're in this place to look back and like, holy shit, like we haven't been with people, like we haven't been together, like it's crazy. And I don't know, and, and obviously like the climate's changed, I don't mean the weather and <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's just how, how much change has happened since that day. And yeah. yeah, I feel like that's the cause of so much kind of like exhaustion. This so let's just like, yeah,
2: I think that is the cause of the exhaustion. Like I think about how we've just been under like kind of extreme pressure since um march like 11th um it's it's Mm -hmm. yeah i mean even while we were like making that decision i was also in the process of like canceling my wedding Mm -hmm. and i feel like i like i made the switch from it could not be it could end up being not a big deal to once we closed the office i was like we're not coming back for a long time like i i knew that it wasn't going to be like two weeks and same yeah But and the fact was like we'll be back in a minute i'm just like guys like, no no i
3: agree <laughs> like I, I knew that we wouldn't be back for a while but there's a difference between like you feel like like there's a difference between seeing three months ahead and then actually being three months in the future and then looking back like sometimes i think about <laughs> sometimes i just like imagine myself in the future and like i can literally picture it and then i get to that point and i'm in that point and i i i remember back to the point of myself from imagining it like some weird time traveling like thing like as if no time went you know what I do you know what I mean yeah Am i sounding like well, hi no I know it okay here's here's the I know what you
2: mean like but here's the part
3: <laughs> and I like
2: time travels. I know what you, I know what you mean. But here's the part that's not being like spoken about there. Is that like, and I talk to my therapist about this a lot. Another thing I talk to my therapist about is how like when I'm anticipating something happening in the future, I'm like, so like, I won't be able to handle that. I'm so scared. Like, I, I'm i going to freak out. Like, it, it won't be okay. But our minds adjust to things. So like over the past three months, yeah. like our minds have been adjusting to this. So it doesn't seem as crazy to envision as it would have if we had had this in this vision of ourselves going through this, what it would look like three months ago. Yeah. Like Tim, like, and I'll give a a very concrete example of this. You get used to shit. Well, okay. Like for like months ago, if you told me like that, we might have to have, let people wear masks at our wedding, even if it's like next year, I would have been like, no way I will never allow masks at my wedding. (laughs) <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, let's just have the fucking wedding. Everyone put on your masks. Like, <laughs> let's just get this done with. Like, what are we doing? You care less about, like, the perfection of it all. Yeah. And you like,
3: care – if anything, it puts things into perspective. Like, this is this is the reason why I'm having a wedding. Not so how it looks, but how it – like, the feeling and the celebration of right. – your union. Right. And I'm just um, like,
2: okay, what am I going to not get married and have our wedding because people might have to be wearing masks? Like they'll take the masks off in the fucking pictures. Like it's not a big deal.
3: <laughs> how, um, okay. Just switching gears a tiny sec. How Before we get into the listener, um, like letters, dear DST as I coined, um, <laughs> how, how are you feeling like in terms of quote-unquote wellness or eating
2: or self-esteem? <laughs> um, you know, I actually, I feel like Where are I've you stopped, on your wellness journey? <laughs> okay. Where I am on my wellness journey is that I've stopped gaining weight actively. How do you know? Like, like because, and I haven't looked at a scale, but I can, set, I can feel it in my body that like I'm no longer, because my, my habits have caught up to, like, my, like I'm no longer overeating every night. Mm. So okay, the weight has my weight has stabilized. And okay, so but what have you done?
3: Like what are the like if you're saying oh. you're no longer overeating, so what where are you mentally that that's
2: that's changed? Where am I mentally that's changed? Um I don't I don't know. I feel like it's sort of like what happened with the cake, like I just like overate enough. <laughs> like like yeah. I was just like I was just like okay, like we did this and it's no longer like really that fun. You know, so, like, Because you know it's available, yeah. Because I know it's available. I've started keeping like more, I would we keep Hagen dazs in the house. Like there's these Reese's Thins. Highly recommend trying Reese's Thins, everyone. They're delicious. I've been trying to like eat more meals, like make sure that I'm actually eating vegetables and protein and that my day isn't just like carb on top of carb. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started doing more, like I was sort, sort of like moving into this with like Obey, doing Obey Sculpt. I started doing like Melissa Wood Health, which at first, when I started doing it, I was like, "This is like really slow and like not intense enough." But then I started doing it, and I actually noticed that I did become more toned. Um, really? What What do yeah. you What is, is it a workout like? Is it Is it's it just like, like moving your leg up and down like donkey kicks? Like I want to say yeah, but yeah, is it hard. No, like no, but yeah, it's not that hard.
3: Do um, I have to do any
2: um, burpees? No, none oh, of that. It's all like okay. it's all low impact on the floor, little weights, but it makes you feel like really good, and it's like calm and yeah. So I just feel sort of stable with my like Can raise your and, login? Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that on this podcast. <laughs> you can't. Um. So yeah, I feel like wellness-wise, the other thing is, okay, wellness-wise, I feel that my weight and my habits have stabilized like overall, but I feel like it's partly due to the fact that I've been preoccupied with more important matters. Yeah. And I finally feel like I know what people mean when they're like the space that your weight is taking up in your head. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. devoted to other things and I've devoted it to like so many other exciting things. We signed a new lease. Oh my Not God. that that has really anything to do with it, but <laughs> it's like one of the things that I've been just like kind of doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I feel like my brain has, sh- the amount of, of time my brain spends on my appearance and my food and my weight and my workouts has lessened, which is super exciting. That is what exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on the lease. That's that's fun. Oh, thank you. I will have a housewarming party where masks what, what will you, be worn. What are you going to do about the wallpaper? Oh, I know. I, <laughs> I've been. I was thinking about that this morning when I wasn't thinking about how skinny I am or I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, this is what I mean. My brain has like other oh, shit to think about. Um, yes. I don't know. I'm going to miss the wallpaper, but I could get more. Right. Or I could try to peel it off and bring it upstairs. It just <laughs> probably- won't fit the wall. Yeah. I don't know. The, the ceilings might be the same height because we're moving in the same building. So Oh, so peel it off. Do it. You're going to have to peel yeah. it off anyway. I know. So sad. So sad. So uh, sad. Yeah. So what's happening with your, your mental state and such? <laughs> Ugh, I'm tired. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll just say my
3: non-scale win now. My non-scale win is that I took a day off, like two days off, like full off. I put an away message on Slack. It was necessary. Um, Rusty and I... Went to Montauk for um, a night, and it was weird. The weirdest thing, because the weirdest thing is realizing there's like a activities that you could do. Like now that like Phase Two is happening in this in the city, and it's just like such a. It wasn't because I went out to a di- I went out to a restaurant where I eat outside, and mm-hmm. it wasn't that like it was weird to. To do that again, it was more so like being in a car and being like, Holy shit, you could do things that aren't just in your house or in your backyard. you know what I mean yeah like, it How about it was a hotel? What it was, was such a weird thing um what was it like to stay in a hotel it was nice like I honestly like your brain just kind of goes back like it's kind of it doesn't it didn't it was weird weird and um
2: well, besides I mean, think we were both in hotels right at the beginning of this. Like, it wasn't, like, that long ago. Yeah,
3: I know. I mean, I don't know. If I, the thing is, is that I didn't feel that that gross because, A, is a new hotel in Montauk. Um, B, I just – I feel like they're, they're cleaning it well. Nobody was just staying in it in the day before because it wasn't that packed. Um, it was more so just, like, this realization that, like, holy shit – my life can, it's, it's not that there's things to do. <laughs> there's, I forgot yeah. about all the things that you can do like it, because I felt so like overwhelmed by, by, or claustrophobic really. I feel like I felt so claustrophobic by the world and like the, the lack of things, the options and just like pacing around one room, you know, my, in the city apartment mm-hmm. and just like the idea that one day it can go back to normal gave me a little bit of hope. And so anyway, my my non-scale one is that I took two days off. It felt so good. I read half of um, My Body's Not an Apology, which is so good. You guys should really, really read it if you're struggling with like body image shit, which if you want, I'll talk about my my mental state now, which is that I'm struggling with that. Um, like intuitive eating is has been great, but, but you know, it, it's up and down. It's not linear. You like go back to... To starting to, to like, make like I talked in the last episode, like making yourself feel bad for all the choices you're doing. And like, you're constantly on Zoom and just like looking at yourself and it's just like picking yourself apart. Like I've been noticing, I've been looking at myself in the mirror more. And I just, I, I, I've noticed that that is before my relationship with food, it's got to be my relationship with myself. And that is what I'm actively working on. And it's really really difficult <laughs> it's really difficult but it's i have to say it's it's eye opening to realize that it's not your fault that you don't like yourself and yeah it's not your fault it's not has nothing to do with what you look like it has everything to do with like your environment your society who's your whole life (laughs) has been like taught you to not really like yourself. Like people make so much money off of that and it takes a long time and yeah, it's just, it's like a really hard journey. So if anybody else is going through that right now, I feel like, because we're, I mean, like you were saying though, there's so much more to think about right now. And that's also what I've been trying to work on is like, that's part of it is like, you know, the amount of time that you spend thinking about yourself, tr- make that positive. And then the amount of time that you spend like thinking like about yourself negatively, just stop and think about like all the things that are above you, like the bigger picture shit. And so that's, that's like part of it that I've been working on. So that's where I am. But well, intuitive eating has been great.
2: Just saying. Well, I think that part of, of when you spend your time that you are thinking about yourself, when you spend that time thinking positively, you're able to then devote your, time thinking about others making that positive whereas if you spend all your time with yourself and it's like self-hate then you're going to project hate in the time when you're thinking Absolutely. about
3: Absolutely. That was like yeah. in the, uh, that's also like a whole that was like a point um in the book that was like also the people around you can sense how you feel about yourself right and then they question then like so what does she feel about me and if she's so if she's so hard on herself and so judgmental on herself. How is she she that judgmental about me? It makes, it's like a complete, it's a complete, um, it's connected. So if you change that, if you give off this feeling of like self-love, right, then then the people around you will feel also loved and it's also a trickle down in a positive direction. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. that's 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 just the little things, but I really recommend everybody read this book. It's very short, um, and it's just like a new perspective.
2: Well, just what you were saying about intuitive eating, I think that the the thing that the thing with intuitive eating is that it takes like years for it to like actually like settle in with you. Um, whereas, like with most diets, we're used to like, oh, in one week I lost three pounds, like you know, and we're used to like the results of what we're working on coming in some ways like sooner. But I feel like the fact that I read intuitive eating like two years, like right when this podcast started sort of ish. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't like try to work on it actively for like two years, I feel like it's given me like the ability to make some of the shifts that I have, like that I have now where I feel like, oh, I out, I already like, I ate everything I, you know, I feel like I ate everything, you know, yeah. like that, like, like I am able to like, re, like at some point feel like, okay, like I ate everything. And it also like the other day, um, I said something like, like to Avi, like, I feel like I said, like, I feel like I stopped gaining weight, but like for a wedding, like what I, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine like going, I can't, I can't, I I'm going to go on like a diet. He's like, and he makes this comment. He's like, "Why don't you do the Ducan diet? Because his dad um, went on that and lost like a lot of weight and never gained it back." Yeah, I'm literally, I'm just like, "Have you been listening to me for the past two <laughs> years? I'm never going on a diet again." Yeah, the worst. The, the 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 only thing I would consider doing for a wedding is counting my is tracking my food just to like, you know, have
1: That's a better a sense
2: of what I'm eating. That no, I know, but I mean, like, I'm never going on a diet program again. Like right. like. And, and I was like, I was like, seriously, I'm like, yeah, maybe I would like cut my calories if I really wanted to like lose weight again, but I'm not going on a diet plan. Like that's insane. Never again. I just heard him say, and I'm like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, yeah, I've never, never again. And the whole thing with intuitive eating is really that first of all, you have to reject that number one, and your goal in intuitive eating is also not to lose weight
2: it's like it right, could I be, it but could I'm be a, talking yeah I was talking about it in like the wedding context no I know what you yeah. mean
3: I know what you mean I don't know what I would do if I were you I really wouldn't well, I, I'm not
2: commit here's the thing I'm not committed not, I don't
3: like, and I don't mean I don't know if I would do it yeah. if I were you I just mean like you do know what bo- you do. we both think the same way and I I would I would feel conflicted like You know what I mean? Like, just because everybody tells you that you need to lose, it doesn't mean you need to, which I don't think that you need to. But like, you know, if I were you, I wouldn't listen to me.
2: You know what I mean? Well, I I did gain. I was happy with like how I looked at the beginning of quarantine, which was like a month away from my wedding. So I was happier with how I looked. Like, I actually felt like really strong and I wasn't like too thin or anything, but I was like happy with it. I obviously from... Cakes and all this shit that I like stuffed in my face several times. Yeah. Like, like I've eaten full cakes in two days, several, a few times during it's this okay. party, and like there. That's like that's extra. You know, that's I didn't it's extra. It's extra. Like yeah. I feel like I feel like I would just want to feel like a little bit more of like what I feel like is in what feels more right for me. At our wedding, whenever it happens, but like again, I also don't feel like I'm necessarily like married to intuitive eating. Like, I don't feel like, oh, I've committed to doing that. And it's more like, okay, this is part of my thought process. Every mm-hmm. it's like I, I, I don't I, I don't have like necessarily like wellness goals for myself right now, is something I would say. Like wellness and and, and fitness goals are not really like your priority. Y- yeah. What goals do I have for myself? I don't
3: know. <laughs> Yeah, I that, that's kind of how I feel like I haven't put like it in it's it hasn't been in the forefront of my mind in the last like 3 weeks. It's sort of in the, in the back of my mind. The the forefront has been like stop being mean to yourself. Just like stop. Because like I notice, I've noticed that every time I am I say something mean like I feel something mean, you don't have to say it. You know, you just like feel a mean comment. Right, I immediately go to oh my god, what carbs did I eat today? Oh, like, and you immediately go to the restriction or like oh my god, I have to stop. And then, I think the biggest progress that I have made, real progress, is saying to myself, stop that, like stop that. That's not co- productive. Like you're gonna eat carbs tomorrow and you're gonna eat carbs today, and that's not what's fucking you up. It's the negative self talk that's fucking you up, and so. That's the progress that I've made and I'm proud of myself
2: for it, but That's there's great. a lot more to go. And carbs are delicious. Carbs are delicious. You oh. still have them. Yesterday. Right. everything has carbs in it. So just... Exactly.
3: Yeah. It's like choosing the quote-unquote healthier option.
2: Also, like health It's It's also just like not every what is carb. Health? Right, right. Also, like not every carb is the same. Like I... When I, when I struggle with, with like more binging behavior, it's because it's usually with like a massive pastry that I just decide to eat the entire thing I've been one sitting or like, like it's not that car. It's like, I can have a sandwich and be, you know, not like yeah. oh, I need more bread. Like, Right, you know. right.
3: Yesterday I ate half of a delicious croissant filled with custard, like a Boston cream oh. croissant. And I only ate half and it was so good. I opted... I, we were getting like, there's a bunch of dessert things. And Rusty's like, I want to go to Carvel. I'm like,
2: okay. <laughs> so oh. we
3: went to Carvel and I was like, I don't really want this because I knew that there was a custard croissant waiting for me. And I was like, this isn't really like going hit, to hit, hit the right spot. And I had the croissant and I ate it. I was literally moaning. He's like, can you stop? <laughs> I was like, no, it's so good. And it honestly, I did not feel one negative feeling after that. I didn't feel like I needed to punish myself. I was just like, wow, this is what it means to enjoy your food, an amount that feels good. And that's it. And I was just, you know, we're making moves, Aileen. We're making moves. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's true.
1: This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high-end stuff? That's N U U L Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes.
3: Now that we've talked about ourselves for 30 minutes, um, (laughs) let's go into some listener emails. Um, Do you want to read the first
2: one, Saman? I I suppose I will. Okay. (laughs) This is on exhaustion. The topic is exhaustion and motivation. And the email reads, Hey, Lean and Sammy, I had to write in and say that I truly love what you've been doing with your platform lately. I really have appreciated following along as you educated your audience on the Black Lives Matter movement. Needless to say, it's been exhausting going on social media these past couple of weeks and months. The gym used to be such an escape for me and a place to get my mental health in check. But now the gyms are closed and I find myself, myself down rabbit holes of negativity online and also mentally. I understand that I need to give myself grace without feeling, with feeling a lack of motivation, but I really feel like I now want to get back in shape and do it for myself and my mental health, but truly don't know where to start. I've started, but I give up in a few minutes because I'm exhausted. Anyway, any advice would be greatly appreciated. Everything you guys say makes me feel normal. I have a thought. Yeah. What's your thought? So she... So she she says the gym used to be such an escape for me and a place to get my mental health in check but now gyms are closed. Okay, mm-hmm. so I think that her issue is not only like exhaustion and like lack of motivation. I think it's that she it doesn't feel special or or um like a separation anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know what so- sort of I don't know how much space she has or like resources like that she, like in the ability to do this but there are ways to do it, like inexpensively. I literally do it in my bedroom. I have no space to do this, but I try to do this. And I would say that it's to sort of try to make your workout space. Literally, all you need is like the width of a yoga, like a yoga mat, kind of, um, mm-hmm. or more a little bit. Try to make that space feel special so that you can get excited to go to it. Like put a candle, or put a flower, or or some, you know arrange it in a certain way that it makes it feel separate from the rest of your life and that every day you go like maybe even in the beginning of it, maybe like, te- like um anchor it to something that you know you like. Like maybe there's a song that you really like. Always play that song in the beginning. Or if you want to do like a maybe there's like a two minute meditation that you want to do before you before you start working out so that you can like separate from, you know, even if it's like like, I will tell you, like, I'll show you. Like, I work out right there, like in this spot, like next to the bed. And yeah. it's like no different than, you know, it's just I work over here, I work out over there. So it's not like I have like anything that's special about it, but I've started to like have this time and space where it feels really like singular every morning mm-hmm. when I do these, these, you know, I'm Melissa Wood Health workouts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and try to just do that and make it feel like, a special thing, not like something that you failed to get back into and, and are now forcing yourself to do.
3: I think that's great advice. I can relate to, um, this girl just because I haven't like, I haven't done any like training with Matt. I've just been like, so my body's just hurts. I've been running outside also because like, I haven't been in the city for the last like week or two. um, so I can relate that you just kind of just get like, eh. like, yeah. I don't want to do this. St- I don't want to do it. But I think that that's making a time for yourself and a space for yourself that feels your own. I totally agree with you. I, I was, as, she was, as you were reading her letter and as you were talking, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll call Matt. <laughs> and maybe I'll say like, can we do something low impact and low, like just like isometric like I don't want to be, my everything just hurts. That's
2: the other thing. If you're thinking that you're going to get into some workout where you're doing jump squats and burpees and all this really like hard shit, like it's not going to feel good because you're you're not in a gym. You're like, yeah. you're not with it's an like instructor. Ba- yeah.
3: You're bouncing. Like,
2: like no bouncing workouts. Start with something slow, like a Pilates yoga, like something t- 27 minutes. like. 10 minutes 15 minutes like mm-hmm. do these like small things and try to make them really enjoyable and special and not that like excruciating because if you you're not going to want to come back if you remember how yesterday you were dying at one point
3: mm-hmm. totally totally like that's if not I, for find right things now. that are enjoyable so i've been staying at rusty's family's house um in the hamptons i'm so fucking lucky that they have it And because they have a tennis court and a pickleball court, guys have just discovered pickleball and pickleball is like mini tennis and it is so fun. So like, I beg people to play with me, like who are around, (laughs) like who wants to play pickleball today. And like, so like afterward, like, well, Rusty's brother's here. So I just like pester him. And, (laughs) and so I, it's so, it's, it's so fun. It's so amazing. I have to say, to find a workout, a real exercise that you love, like love. Like I'm telling you, and I love games. You know, I love games, I love being competitive, even if I'm losing, I just love it. It's so fun. You move your body, you sweat, and then you're just like, I can't wait to do this again tomorrow. That is the feeling that we must strive for when it comes to exercise. So find that thing for you. So if it's not burpees, Fuck burpees, you know? Yeah. Find the next thing. Find the thing that makes you so
2: excited to do it again later this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like the, I feel like quarantine because I haven't, oh, I should even, I should bring this up. So, um, no, normally in quarantine, I haven't really cared about how I looked, which is why I've sort of just allowed myself to freely gain pounds. Like it's, and it's whatever. And part of that has been that I haven't not worked out. But I haven't made my workouts about burning calories in my mind whatsoever. Literally, it's about doing the physical movement. And now that I've decoupled it from calories in my head, it is so much more enjoyable. Oh my it's god! Like I a know a million times more enjoyable. But I do want to bring up—you know what—I'm going to say this for non-scale wins, even though it's like not a win. It's more just a recognition. Just do, the, but, do it now. Okay. Do your so win now. <laughs> this past weekend, um, one of one of our friends has a her her husband's parents also have a house I feel like all like it's all just like the, the husband's parents with the houses that we're going to know. <laughs> so whatever so they um, they had like a house and they invited like a few couples like of our friends to go and just like hang out outside essentially on Long Island um, and I found myself as I was preparing to get dressed I found myself so back in, and the friends who it is like they're all like our skinniest friends <laughs> Um, so I find myself looking at myself and I'm like, Oh my God, I look so gross. Like how can they, how am I going to show my face? Like after like how much, how i like, uh, I feel like a blob. But then I was just like, fuck
3: it. Like, like who cares? Yeah, like, this is shit. Dude, like, I, I went that. through the same thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. And then I was just like, when I got there, I like didn't even think about it at all because I was just like, we're all here together. It was so exciting. Yeah. And I just didn't even Uh, think about it. But before I left the house, I changed my outfit three times. I was like, oh my God, I'm seeing people. Holy shit. But think about that. So I felt the exact same thing,
3: like about even, there's no pool, the pool's not open or anything. So I went to the beach once and I was just like, so self-conscious. I'm like, what does everyone think about what I look? And then I'm telling you, this book is just like, you owe no one an apology for what your body looks like. Like, you don't need to say, so, like, you don't need to feel sorry or be sorry for what you look like. This is you. Like, this is who gives. What the fuck do they? They have no right to judge. And if they are judging, they're judging based on their own selves, how they yeah. feel about themselves. And it's like you don't need to say sorry for what you look like like at all. I'm, yeah. I just like keep saying that in my head and like I don't need to feel self-conscious about what I look like because I don't need to feel sorry for that like because I am who I am and if you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs> so like yeah. that's just it and it's and it's really like if you keep going with that like just like how you said like whatever, we're together that's what matters. Who gives a shit when I, you know what I mean? And you look, and yeah. at the end of the day, you look great. I was also thinking about another thing um, was that Everything is so subjective. Like your perspective of yourself is so different than somebody else's of you. And it's just like the more you fidget, the more you like are uncomfortable and obvious in the way that like you are self Ju- like, picking, judging, and just, like, feel, like, just not confident. Like, the more people will pick up on that. You know, I know it just
2: takes you out of the conversation and out of the – the uh, bad mood. It, yeah. It takes you out of the friendship, and then people who would have just accepted however you look are then finding other thi- – like, then you start to, like, damage your own relationships with it. You act differently. Yeah, when you feel self conscious. You act differently. You, you go,
3: you're more reserved. You're, you're a little bit more pissier. You're yeah. on guard more. When you aren't self conscious, and again, you can, you can change that state with the same body, right? Right. When you aren't yeah. self conscious, you're more open. You're more fun to talk to. You want to joke more. You are more, you take up more space. You're more free. You jump, like, you know, you move more. You can laugh at yourself. At anything. You could just yeah. be like more free. And that, per- that version of the same, that's the same person acting two different ways in the same body. That person is so much more just like happier, right? Like they're in, and that, and their friends who are around them want to be with that person, that version.
2: You know what well, I mean? It's like what you said in the beginning about how like if you are hating yourself you're going to approach people with hate. If you love yourself, you'll probably approach them with love. Like why do you want to pro It's sort of like you wear a mask to protect other people. You love yourself to protect other people also. Mhm. Yeah, like, I because, like that. Well, we can, you know, your, your, <laughs> your self-love, I don't know. There's there's some sort of Analogy there, but yeah, it's like so that you can you can like approach your life in a way that isn't like damaging your own relationships. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. Do you want to read the next email? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: Speaking of body image, this has to do with body image and race. Hey, my betches. First off, love everything about this podcast. I feel very connected to everything that is discussed about your viewpoints on diet culture and how it has shaped us pun intended. I really enjoyed last week's episode discussing privilege in the wellness industry, or two weeks ago. The topic of body image and different bodies was brushed upon in this episode. I was wondering if we could address the difference in body image and race. I am an adopted Korean to white parents who grew up very heavy. I soon transitioned I soon transitioned from big boned to almost morbidly obese as a teen. I was picked on and bullied for my weight. I was on diets starting at the age of eight, always being very aware of how much larger I was than my peers. It sucks to be fat, but to be fat and Asian had another element added to the situation. The only Asians in the media growing up were stick thin and overly sexualized. I do think this added to my shame of being so fat. I felt less Asian by being so completely opposite from Lucy Liu, one of the very few Asian women in Western media growing up. I went to high school in New Haven and with a predominantly Puerto Rican and black student body. I noticed how some of the girls my size and bigger had incredible self esteem. And it was like a crazy superpower that I had wondered at how they attained. Oh my God, this is exactly what we we're just fucking talking about. I just, wanted, I just wanted to open the discussion on different body image and race. Thank you and so much love. <laughs> Fluffy panda batch. So cute. Um.
2: Well, I think that this, I think this is actually like super interesting. It does tie into what we were just saying, but I think it also ties into like what it it, it's more evidence for why stereotypes are so harmful because it's like, because she wasn't stereotypically what her race in, you know, most people's minds was supposed to look like that became a problem. Whereas it, she observed that it didn't become a problem for other populations who were more stereotypically looked how they were supposed to. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, sh- it shows that it's not just about like big or-, or small. It's, it's about like fitting in with what people expect of when they, Look at you essentially.
3: That's why it's um, so it's so important for like television, media, m- everything out there to show like true diverse true diversity in body size, in race, in disability, in just like a- a- anything. It's so important because when when people see themselves represented and they feel like it's
2: okay to be themselves, like it's just like a natural kind of feeling. Um, right. Well, I think it's sort of, um, you know, Eliza Schlesinger actually has like a whole thing about this in her comedy, how in her most recent one, how how white women all just want to be like so small, they just want to be like a head on sticks, like essentially. Mm-hmm. Why do white women have to feel like they need to be this like teeny tiny, literally like a head on a stick, mm-hmm. um, and that white women have such lower self esteem because of that? Um, and I yeah, think that weak. there's been, yeah. Yeah, it it like literally is like, because that is also part of her set, how like, how like white women are very like, kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, apologetic. But like, like black women generally have more confidence, which I think that, I mean, I don't want to lean into stereotypes, but that was what her, her set was about, um, and yeah, I think it's also interesting that like oh, suddenly like American culture appropriates like the thick ass, and then suddenly we're like oh, now now we can have one because like Kim Kardashian did, and then Chloe did also. Like it's very, um, it's it it goes beyond just race and body image, and goes to like what is expected of certain races, and like what and and whether or not you can be accepted if you fit with what people generalize you know your race or your whatever demographic to be like right um speaking of the
3: thing about the when you were saying like head on a stick and like being weak it's just like when especially white women like try to achieve this like super thinness and they're just like remember you were like eat like a bird <laughs> your physic fizi- like talk about being in a bad mood you know what i mean you're so Hungry. (laughs) You're so hungry. You're in a bad mood. And immediately you then pick apart yourself. You pick apart your kids. You pick apart the women in the town. You're just like a hateful person because you're fucking hungry. Like if you just allowed yourself to eat more, gain 10 pounds, think about, first of all, the message you're sending to your child. Think about the message you're sending. To your kids' friends who are coming over and seeing that versus what they have at home, you know what I mean? think about just like like the better relationship you might have with your partner <laughs> because yeah. you're just like not fucking miserable, and I can like i can I don't have kids, but I knowing seeing the change in my own personality from going from starving <laughs> from like starting myself during like wedding diet and just being right. a miserable bitch to like <laughs> to like eating more and like not feeling so bad about it.
2: It's just right. Like, and like, like you're, you're just, eating what you're supposed to eat. You add it joy hadn't been brainwashed. So you don't take it out. You're
3: you're not a joy suck.
2: You know what I yeah. mean? You you know what was actually um this just reminded me of you know, like a few weeks ago, when I said like my mom had like this breakthrough in her therapy, and then she joined like my therapy session. One yeah. of the she took like probably about, and I'm just saying this because you just mentioned what friends what you see from pa- friends' parents. She took like seven to ten minutes of our therapy session with my therapist talking about a comment that a friend's parent made to her when she was like thirteen, and how this had like affected years the of comment. Things. I'm
3: not allowed to. Maybe he you can't called, share
2: it. Her it, it well, another, I'll tell you. It's just too okay. much background. Like okay. Um. Yeah. Um, but it was a hurtful but, comment. But the point is, a comment from a friend's parent is being talked about 50 years later. <laughs> like, dude,
3: I still remember. Okay, at, growing up, all of my like, uh, you know, I'm Russian, right? Everyone in my like all my grandparents, my my like great my great aunts, uncles, they're all they are all fat, like they are all overweight, like bubblas, you know. And I grew yeah, up same. Like, early growing up. I was like, oh, this is this is fine, like this is great, like I We're fit bubblas. in. And then all of a sudden, like I'm in America, and everyone is. I mean, I was always in America, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like everyone is so thin, and I was like, it was such a. It was like just being like an immigrant child is just It's just like a whole another thing, but. I remember a comment. I must have been like five. I remember a comment, I was sitting at dinner and my like great uncle, cause like their comedy is like, you just say anything to anybody and don't be offended. And <laughs> I remember him calling me like chubby. And I remember getting up hysterically crying from my dinner, the dinner table, I was at my grandma's house and just being like so hurt by that. And the fact that I was so young and hurt by that comment just, so you could see how, like, society really, really affected, like, affects yeah. kids.
1: At it's true.
3: Young, I literally was so, I remember being little. Like, I remember having to jump off known the chair. you Chubby was bad. Exactly. I was hurt by that comment. Meanwhile, my great uncle, my late great uncle, was like, I didn't mean anything by it. She was just eating a lot. <laughs> and my mom right. and my grandma, like, made me feel she's like, oh, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it, which, again, perpetuated the the idea that it was a bad comment. Right. I was That's so true. little, so much so. I remember being so far from the floor, from my chair, because I was so little. You know what I mean? Like, I had to jump yeah. off and, like, run to the living room crying. Yeah. It's just, it, like, I, I understand what your mom feels. You just remember something, and it just sticks with you forever.
2: Yeah. Forever. It's really crazy because those people don't know what that, that comment is going to be that. I hope I've never made a comment like that to someone, even though I'm sure I have. I really, I'm so sorry. Um, not like I'm Chubby sure specifically, but just any. Um, but you know what's interesting? I, I said this to you the other day that I, for the first time, looked at like a really yeah. way thin woman on Instagram. And I said, I really hope I don't look like
1: that. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime, should we read the next one
2: yeah we should just read the next one okay um okay you read hi Sammy aileen huge fan of your podcast imagine if one of these was just like i really don't like your podcast but i'm writing in we should get it wait just knowing what this topic is about we're really good at naturally flowing conversations just say it was all unintentional (laughs) this is unintentional Yeah. Okay. okay go Hi, Sam Lee, Aileen. Huge fan of your podcast. So I'm in a bit of a situation I could use an outside perspective slash advice. I'm 22 years old but have moved back in with my parents due to the pandemic. I've really been struggling because I've been plant-based for about five months and my dad refuses to acknowledge it. That is like some weird, bizarre coming out story. And <laughs> will make meals with meat slash animal products and not tell me, not tell me resulting in me getting really sick. As if this isn't bad enough, he comments on how many carbs and calories are in everything I eat with a condescending. Are you sure you want to eat fat? You don't want to ruin your progress. Side note, side note I've lost slash kept off 60 pounds in the past year. I'm so bad at conversation. This just sucks. How would you guys handle the situation? XO frustrated, Betch. Oh my God,
3: that sounds I, awful. Um, I, I would really just like say, you know what, dad? Like I'm going to focus on making my own food. You don't need to worry about me. Like, you do you, I'll do me, and 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 go there. If that doesn't work, I don't know. She what, says like, she's this,
2: bad at confrontation.
3: But that doesn't have to be a confrontation. You don't have to say, every time you do this, it, I, you make me feel this. Like, you don't have to say that. Just be like, you know what? I, I'll just make my own food. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, if this is a right. temporary situation, if this isn't temporary, I, I think –
2: yeah i mean it's tough because of the pandemic but like she needs to get out um that's what i'm saying i don't know what her circumstances are yeah i hate to um say it but like it feels like this is one of those situations where like the dynamic is Mm -hmm. what it is um and that it really just comes down to you kind of managing it um, i think you need to set some boundaries yeah
3: boundaries but without Confronting because unless you want to, but I, it doesn't seem like she wants to, or she's just bad no. about it. It so, seems like, yeah, yeah, that's it's ugh. dude, get some perspective, I man.
2: <laughs> I look <laughs> like I would, yeah, dads I'm, are like unchangeable, dads are even <laughs> less changeable than moms. Um, dads like my dad is like growing changed. when they my get dad married. changed. Your dad, my changed? dad
3: changed a bit, yeah. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah. but You you need a he started, like my parents got divorced and he, his new girlfriend for a long time has, I feel like it's changed him a little.
2: Okay. So he has some circumstances that like, that changed him. But but I think
3: people are changeable. They just can't really change
2: themselves. So not in the same situation.
3: I think this guy isn't going to do anything i would just really first just say i'm gonna make my own food please don't worry but like if you're gonna keep making these types of comments if you don't mind i want to eat by myself like that kind of thing don't set don't if confront i feel like that's the minimal amount of confrontation necessary and if he starts a shit fit don't let it like don't let it get you like Emotional. Do you know what I mean? Like, just be like, it's not a big deal. I, I this is this is what it is. If you're not really gonna acknowledge it, I, this is all I could do.
2: You know what's funny? I I kind of don't agree with the like letting it go. Don't get emotional. Even, like even if they don't respond well, I think he needs to somehow be incentivized <laughs> to not make these comments. Meaning, it has to. If he just keeps making them and suffers no consequences from continuing to make them from his daughter. He's gonna keep making them, so he needs to see a change in like how you respond to them. Maybe you respond negatively. Maybe res- like res- maybe respond with what Aileen says. If that doesn't work, maybe start to respond negatively, um, and like make him see that you're really serious about this. But if you just kind of like let them roll off your back, he may not even. He probably doesn't realize how damaging they are. That's number one. Or if he does realize, like, and thinks that he's right, then he needs someone to tell him. Like I just think daughter. that like
3: someone whose perspective is so anchored in the ground, I feel like he needs the consequences are they must be ignored. Like like how you train a dog. Like you don't you don't acknowledge bad behavior because uh-huh. he doesn't want you know, you don't acknowledge bad behavior and you anytime he says something positive, you react really, really positively. So yeah. like that's why I'm saying, like, if this, you know, I'm just going to eat by myself. Like, and that's the first step. And he's saying, what the, he's going to get mad. He's going to be like, it's not a big deal. Like, I, you know, I, we tried. Like, I'm really plant-based. I'm really serious about it. It doesn't feel like that it matters to you. So, I, I'm going to have to just eat by myself. Like, these are the boundaries I'm setting. And the, right. the why I say, like, not emotional is because he's going to get really mad. He's going to be like, what the fuck? He's going to feel rejected. <laughs> and you will be like, listen, this is, this is nothing to do with any, this is just me. This is about me. I'm, I want to eat this way. um, And it makes me feel bad when you say these things. So, you know, what if this is just the way that it is, this is what's going to, this is the future. This is, I'm going to eat by myself. I'm going to make myself my own food. I'm going to eat by myself. And then slowly you just encourage like positive reinforcement, slowly encourage the positive shit and ignore the negative negative. Because I don't know, it's exhausting. It's just, it's
2: just funny because it. What I'm seeing is our own reactions to what we envision when we hear "toxic parent." Because you're like, "Oh, this can be managed through like pause like through like communication and like positive and negative reinforcement." I'm just like, "Go at them." Just fucking tell them what you think. And she says no. she's got a confrontation. <laughs> but but I've like,
3: I, but i I've, I've confronted my parents. I've done that whole thing. It doesn't work for me personally. Like my parents are both very stubborn. I'm stubborn. And they it doesn't work that way. What works is having a very calm conversation. And I've said to my mom, like, I don't want to talk about my weed anymore. Please. It makes me feel really bad. Like I just can't do it anymore. Please promise me that. And, and, and has nothing, I don't say you do this, you do that, blah, blah, blah. It's just, I'll make it all about you. And they'll be like, okay. And every time so that funny, happens, I just ignore, a I ignore cal- my mom talks, picks about, I call her and she's like, oh, I'm like, what are you doing? she's like, oh, I'm having gr- grilled chicken and salad. I'm like, oh, okay, nice. What did you do today? You know, I ignore that. Usually I'd be like, oh, this is what I ate. You know what I mean? Like, right. Cause she wants the positive reinforcement about her food. You know, so you just kind of like, you just. You you show no emotional
2: reaction. Don't don't go in on. I'm
0: just like laughing because,
2: like, in my family, the only thing that works is an extreme emotional reaction. No one that makes budges sense for your personality. In, yeah, <laughs> no one budge[s] until there's like a shit fit being thrown by someone. Like, I think like, and it's so funny because my mom's always like, "Well, if you had asked nicely, I would have said yes." I'm like. Never have you just said yes because I asked nicely like so You know, it's just like it's just it's funny because you're like like the advice that you're giving is like Probably the right advice and I'm just like I would just yell at them I, think you could, I mean here's the thing that this is from
3: trial and error like I've yeah. yelled. I've yelled. I know how to yell You know what I mean? Like I know right. I know how to throw a shit fit Um, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I don't talk to my mom for weeks, you know like yeah. it doesn't work. You just boundary setting needs to be calm and all about you,
2: right? Anyway, yeah. well, the only thing, the only way anything's gotten done in my family is like radical, you don't even loud. You don't even want to fucking know. <laughs> like
3: chocolate thrown at walls.
2: Maybe not. But- <laughs> We wouldn't waste chocolate in our family. Obviously not. Don't
0: throw that. That's my dessert. Don't throw that. It's golden. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Okay, so um, since we've
3: been talking about books and last week we talked about like a bunch of books that people can read, I think this is a good thing. We think we should share more about like books that we've reading. We got a book recommendation um, on racism for the audience. Um, I'll read this note. Um, hey Sammy Eileen, I've been listening to DSD this up, bachelor at batches and you up since they started. Oh my God. I love I love a, a fan. I look a loyalist. forward to I love it. I look forward to every new episode and save them to listen when I am chillaxing. <laughs> I love chillaxing as a word too. On today's episode of DSD, Aileen lists some books she's planning to read, and I thought I'd throw in my suggestion. I just read Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, and You by Jason Reynolds and Ibram X. Kendi. It is so good and easier to read. You won't want to put it down once you start. I'm an eighth grade social studies teacher, and I'm working on building a curriculum centering on the book. It concisely explains systemic racism in the U.S. slash the world since 1415 till now. It's also an audible read by the authors, and 10 out of 10 would recommend thank you for giving people such great podcasts and content in general. And thank you for pivoting your platforms to address current issues. I think you're a company that actually puts puts its money where its mouth is. Also, I wrote down and loved what Sammy said at the end of the episode about regretting, always waiting for permission before speaking up or acting and actively working on not doing that going forward. I relate to this so much and I've been thinking about that idea for a while but didn't have the words to express it the way Sammy did.
2: Thank you again. I didn't have the words to express it till then either. Sometimes it just comes out. So, um, yeah, wait. go ahead. It's so interesting that this book is like concisely explaining systemic racism, concisely since fourteen fifteen, Um <laughs> and, and that she's working on building a curriculum around it because we've been talking about how our curriculums make zero sense. And mm-hmm. they they literally are told from like, it's like did america write this <laughs> like you know what i mean right right, it's, right. Like, it's like america's the the protagonist and america wrote the book and like and or white people um but yeah it i feel like there needs to be like a complete reframing of how we're taught history
3: you know it's funny i've been thinking since last episode i was i've been thinking about like all my social studies classes and I remember one specifically in seventh grade when we were taught about like the three fifths compromise. And I remember, I remember actively thinking like, this is fucked up. Like, this, this was what they decided three fifths. And right. how did they come up with that? And I don't remember, I have no memory of my teacher like expressing any emotion about the fact that this was fucked up. Like, like saying like, this, this was, I mean, this was progress, but it's still not right. You know what I mean? I don't remember at all, like, an analysis of what was going on. Or maybe yeah, I just I was too it. young to understand. Because I I remember thinking, like, I don't understand social studies. Like,
2: I um, yeah, remember thinking. Remember when Jordana made up the era of confusion? Confusion, and I just, like, went for it. I. <laughs> Jordana
3: and I her teaching me, like, helping me, like, to she she used to, like, teach me, like, for AP, like, social studies class, like, tests, and I did that for science for her, and we traded, like, dumb shit. I was like, you take AP cam, and I promise we'll smoke weed together, like, something like that. It was just, like, such kid compromise, but anyway, so I just, I never understood social studies because I feel like our teachers like never expressed the meaning of it. Like, wh- and what does Context. this mean for you today? Like I never, I was like, okay, all this should happen. And how I don't get you know, it. So you know what I
2: mean, it's That's so funny because I feel the opposite to you. I feel like okay. I always loved social studies. Social studies are my favorite classes, mm-hmm. but I always felt like, yeah, they're not putting this in context. And now that like I am putting these things in context, and that's my whole thing with the fascism stuff, I'm like, why did we learn about all of this if no one's going to talk about how it's relevant now? My biggest frustration is that like all these things we were taught, it almost seems like no one is still like using that, you know? Right.
3: Instead, there are just all these memes about like why did we learn –
2: Right. Calculus. If you if you like know <coughs> where to place it, it's actually really helpful what we learned. But if you don't like have that like natural, like I don't know, inclination to it or pro, like whatever, you won't necessarily make that connection.
3: Yeah, I think yeah that that's that's what I kind of always struggled with. I was like always struggled with the and. Like, okay, like, why am I learning this? Like, I get history is important, but why? And I get history repeats itself, but give me an example. Like, you know what I mean? I just, well, I I
2: think that the idea was that they weren't like, this will be helpful later. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They weren't like, you need to know this because, like, Things are going to happen in your life and you're going to need to know how to contextualize them.
3: The funny thing is is that that's why science was easier for me because I can can understand. I have a body. I understand biology. I understand how that makes sense. I understand chemistry because physics is everywhere. You know what I mean? But like social studies felt so abstract to me.
2: Science felt so abstract to me. I'm like, all right. So (laughs) funny. I'm like, you're going to make me do this math problem about like a fucking like... I don't know. Was so fun. Like, math
3: was so ugh, fun. Ugh. It was like problem solving, using your brain.
2: <laughs> I hated History, math. I like, I'm like, this is so fucking boring. Like, can you tell me a story? Like I love like, Eng- so like I love English. Like I loved writing, so funny. which I mean, I think that's fine. Like, you know, we just have different yeah. types of brains, but yeah, I think that there's like a massive and I know what you mean like about like the three fifths compromise and like reconstruction and like I learned the word antebellum era and like this week it came up when Lady Antebellum changed his name but like now I get why those things were important but yeah at the time they weren't like they didn't really tell you much but it's like having the knowledge I think it's because you didn't get how it how it like all came together that it just like left your brain but because Mm -hmm. I actually liked it and like paid attention and and felt connected to it, it stayed in my brain. So now the information actually became useful. Right. I also think there's a level of like
3: a young brain. It's like, it's, it's a little bit harder to understand the world because all you really like concentrate is you, your friends. Because all you know is Bonnie's (laughs) jeans and kitchen cabaret. Your parents and like, right. And just get it, making sure you get home. Okay. After school and doing your (laughs) homework and, like, making time to watch Full House, like, that's kind of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, we were really fucking privileged and lucky that that's what we, we had to worry about. We had to worry about. And I just kind of look back and I wish, you know, I, like, understand understood the context of everything. And I always remember thinking back, like, okay, like, this year I have American history, next year I have European. And I'm just like, okay. Like which one do I like better? Like, you know what I mean? Like I never like it has nothing to do with me liking it oh the, You know, it was more so just like understanding the, the depth and the and the you know, like
2: the <sighs> well the problem is that like they didn't tie together like the American Revolution to like why and how we live how we live now. There was no right. like by the way, like it it was just, oh, this thing happened. And then they simplify it and they're like, oh, two, like half of you know. Two mm-hmm. fifths of the two fifths of like the col- the colonists or clo- colonists colonials two two fifths of the colonies supported the British two fifths were were wanted to be free and one fifth were in the middle and it's like okay well then how does that play out like in a relevant, in like a future relevant thing like mm-hmm. you're telling me that but why are you telling me that because the point is that like revolutions can happen even when not everyone agrees like. You know it's, what I actually think? School would be so much better. I would love to go <laughs> if, to school
3: if they taught the curriculum based on time rather than like place. So yeah. like you first what was happening like in, and then instead of a timeline, it's a web of things that happen and how they affect each other, and then you get like a slight intro into what's going to happen in the next century right maybe, maybe right. each century is a semester a quarter and like then you understand the breadth of what goes on in the entire world because it's all matters
2: like right like i have a very distinct memory of like i think it was ninth grade we learned about like mesopotamia then we learned about like right like, right, right. like that's, ancient, that's where all school ancient Greece started and ancient rome and then we learned about like the, like the, all the chinese dynasties it's like okay but what like which Chinese dynasty was during this? Which right Chinese right, dynasty right. was right. like that's and how do those so much. interact with each other? Whereas you're supposed to just like superimpose all that knowledge onto like your totally. previous year. Like that's not possible. You don't. You know totally. Dates I- dates are not important. Like <laughs> they're only important for the era that they happened in. They're only important because of what they have to say about what was happening that year and why certain things happened simultaneously that impacted each other. What was going on then rather than what date it is? One of actually the most helpful things I ever did in school was in 11th grade AP English. We did something called a year paper. And you had to pick one. You like picked whatever year you wanted or maybe you picked the year out of a hat. I don't know. And then you had to pick one piece of culture or art or an event. That happened that year, and you have to explain why that event was like emblematic or not emblematic, or like what it what was its relevance to the time. So like, what other things were happening at the time that would like have caused that type of art to come out at that time, um, and that affected how I think about the world. Like that's the number one thing that that impacts how I think about the world that like got into my brain, and now. Is helping about everything. That's the kind of perspective I was looking for in social studies my whole life. It is. But I learned it in English.
3: Yeah, that's funny. I never took even English.
2: It was really fucking hard. (laughs) Um, all right, all right, all right. Let's non-scale win. I I feel like we're not even on the podcast anymore. I know.
3: (laughs) Okay. Okay, let's do a non-scale win from a listener. She DM'd us on Instagram at Diet Starts Tomorrow. Okay, I'll read it. Hey, Betches. I just had to write to say that my mom and I are huge fans of your podcast. We don't live together so often. What? We don't live together, comma. (laughs) This is why commas are important. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, nerdy jokes. We don't live together, so... (laughs) <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. We don't live together. So often we listen separately and then discuss it. These past couple of episodes have really opened both of our eyes to how much we need to learn and educate ourselves. My mom and hip- my mom had previously talked about how dangerous going to protest was. And after talking about your episode, also with some convincing, we both decided to go to a protest in a nearby town. She was definitely scared it would get violent, but it didn't. And it was a really moving experience. She keeps saying how glad she is that she went.
2: Wow. And as dubs. You know, this is like the kind of thing when people say like, talk to your parents about racism. It's hard. Like I, um, I was, me and my mom and I, have honestly been talking about racism for the past few years, which is why I feel like we were prepared to have to understand what was going on. But I think that working through it with your, with a parent who doesn't necessarily like understand is like one of the most powerful things. And like, it actually really bonds you with them Yeah, because you're like, you're arriving at like a shared understanding of the world together, which is not something that like we all have an opportunity to do with our parents.
3: Yeah, I agree. It's really hard. It's you're lucky to have parents who I guess, no, I don't want to say open-minded. open-minded. <laughs> my parents are open-minded. They're just like stubborn, but like also come from like a very, very specific experience of life, which you and I were talking about this weekend. Um, yeah. I literally was texting my dad about like his whole immigration story. He goes, are you bored? <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're like, no,
3: I'm like, no, it's just like you told me so many different times and you tell me different details and Sammy's texting me. And
2: <laughs> Should I reveal um, what I've learned about myself? Yeah. To the audience. I am a dual Canadian citizen. There's no reason why I'm looking into that right now.
3: <laughs> no reason at all. Yeah. And then so then that's why I was like, am I a, so- a Soviet citizen? Um, but no, my parents <laughs> yeah. had to pay to get rid of that when they came here. Um, it's so ridiculous, but
2: also like probably for, for the best.
3: It makes sense. Um, and plus the country that they immigrated, emigrated from to immigrated, immigrated from they immigrated, emigrated yeah. from. Um, yeah. Yes. Emigrated from uh, things we learned in social studies. Um, emigrated <laughs> from um, doesn't exist. <laughs> so crazy shit.
2: Anyway, is the, I feel like this is a great episode. Um, I feel like I'm. I feel like we're like in high school in the cafeteria, like not in quarantine on our diet starts tomorrow podcast. Diet starts tomorrow, and I feel like that's a good thing because
3: time when we were in our hi- high school cafeteria we were free spirits little kids just sitting and just didn't know what the world was like
2: <laughs> yeah it's now, funny that like a lot of the shit that i'm trying to undo now was getting done then right <laughs> right right. <laughs> right yeah right right well at least it's a Every
3: I feel like everybody hopefully goes through this if they have the opportunity to think about them, think back and assess, and grow and learn. <laughs> I don't know. We need. Oh to go my sleep. fucking go. Oh my god. Okay, guys. Email us dst at betches.com, dot com. DM us at Sammy at Aileen at Diet Starts Tomorrow. Carly's there listening to your DMs, um and. Please rate, review, subscribe if you like what you're listening to here. Um, we love feedback. Like I said, email us dst at betches.com. Let us know what you think. If there's anything you want us to talk about. We love getting your emails. We really read them um, thoroughly. And we take everything you say into account. Um,
2: so, yeah, email us. And we're always with you. we thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is hosted by Aileen Cooperman And Sammy Fishbein Our editor is Sean Kilby Our podcast producers are Mike Coscarelli, Sean Kilby, and Carly
3: Rice And artwork is by Brittany Levine Be sure to follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram And email your questions and non-scale wins to DST at Betches.com Betches